Hello, dear friends, and welcome to our podcast dedicated to sight reading through the lens of the historically informed performance practice. My name is Darina Blogina. Good evening, I'm Olga Paschenko, and I'm a keyboardist. So, uh, what are we doing here in this beautiful room, in this beautiful castle? Um, well, for now, we're enjoying fantastic dinner accompanied with quite nice champagne but actually Darina is going to play a concert tomorrow here it's a fantastic Chateau de Bournazel everybody should google it I think a fantastic uh, architectural ensemble from the Renaissance and medieval times well and I'm here because I have just played a concert with some Beethoven pieces on a graph original graph 1827 from Alain Rodier's collection Yes, it was an excellent concert. I attended it and uh, I was really impressed. It was like a mono program of Beethoven. Uh, how did you put together the pieces and uh, like why especially these sonatas that you have played? Um, well, that's a difficult and easy question at the same time. Well, I knew that there would be a fantastic graph available. So that's a six and a half octave Viennese instrument. Um, And then I thought, what would I like to play on such an instrument? And I'm a very, very big fan of Beethoven and I love his late pieces. So I thought, why not do myself a treat and then play the Hammerklavier Sonata and the last sonata, the Opus 111, and then also the last Bagatelles 126. intention was just your wish well when you get a particular instrument you always think um, well, what is the period what are the pieces that I could actually play that suit the instrument and then of course you also think what is my favorite composer what would I personally like to play there was a theme announced I think that was like between Beethoven and Schubert but I think that was also because of the instrument 
while listening to your playing, I've been thinking, uh, I have known you since a while, and we have studied together, not together, but at the same university. And I've been always thinking, because you have made quite a successful career, you're a teacher and a, a successful musician, and I've always thought of you as a non-compromised person, non-compromised musician. You're very honest with yourself, with the music, and what you transmit from the stage. How do you manage to be yourself uh, within this scene, within the early music field, What challenges you are facing with that? Uh, well, thank you for the compliment. <laughs> I think, in fact, when we talk about being ourselves, I think early music is something that actually allows us to be ourselves much more than, let's say, the so-called modern academic performance. I think the, ins the period instruments, they actually help us a lot to perform the music in the most natural way. And then at the same time, allow you a lot of expressions, a lot of room for expression and a, lo a lot of different levels of expression. Do you feel sometimes in the early music field the pressure to be extra nice? Because sometimes I'm confronted with that challenge that I'm expected to be, especially as a female musician, to be an extra nice and smiley and otherwise like people think that I'm weird or something like that. Well, if you don't smile, people think you're weird whatsoever. So <laughs> I wouldn't say I wouldn't say it's a very early music film. Um, in my experience, actually, how I see our um, gang, so to say, as uh, more that actually the early music field is much more uh, is much friendlier than the modern. Well, I, I don't really want to blame anybody, but I feel that we are probably a smaller circle. We know each other better, and then we just have fun together. And playing early music, I don't know, in my uh, perception, is also about um, the joy and the pleasure of art. And, of course, some knowledge and the depth, sure, but uh, when coming together... We share a lot of common things. Really, you just kind of stayed yourself and it was always natural and no problem for you. Well, I think, I mean, to be honest, uh, to say a healthy person, I think early music field is much healthier than the, than the much more competitive modern way of performance. Um, we're sort of linked, again, in my opinion, I, I think that we're more linked with the common goal is to let the world know that you can also perform the pieces the way that they were written um, again arguably of course because we will never know we cannot call Bach, Luli or whoever and in, in that way we have less focus on making competition actually we have more focus on um, do, doing the real thing And how do you experience the change of the early music scene since you have started teaching or like you have started studying within this field and nowadays, because now you're teaching like younger generations of musicians, how do you experience this change of paradigm? Is there one? How does it look like? Um, 
Well, I think in the last, what it is, like 20 years that I'm busy with early music, more than 20 years actually, um, it became less of a sort of elitistic feature. It became much more known. I mean, it was already well known 20 years ago, of course. I mean, we're not in the beginning of the 20th century when it all started, of course. But I think now also, like, if you take a modern orchestra, they're all more or less all trying to play in style even with modern instruments so a lot has been made in the last 20 years so yes I mean at the same time I experience also because sometimes for example as a teacher I get modern pianists who come for a specific class that I teach uh, which um, has the goal to let them see the difference of the historical instrument and the modern instrument and then uh, I see quite often that people really have no idea and that is a little bit striking I think in 2023 that we are now that sometimes it, it is like this but at the same time uh, I mean it's, it's cool you can learn something new <laughs> So I experienced this early music field in, in Switzerland in a different way. So maybe have you compared how it is developing in different countries also to your opinion because you play everywhere more or less so you know kind of, you know it from inside. Well I guess of course Basel is very different from Amsterdam, that is one thing. We even joke about this in Amsterdam that in Basel people are very much into the depth and learning a lot and we're sort of like the hippies of the hip of the historical and important performance and we like to hang out more and to be in the canteen in the conservatory and then actually the conservatory starts with the canteen where everybody gets to know each other I must say I do not know Basel atmosphere so well honestly but we have great respect to what's being done there all the research and like whenever you actually want someone to get um, very deep and insightful knowledge, like once you go to Basel, so big chapeau. Um, I think Amsterdam is a little bit loser in that sense. Um, yeah, and that all goes again to find your personality a bit more maybe. And not so much about the rules. Um, it's like the philosophy is probably that it's, it's nice to know the rules, like we should read the treatises, but then one should find him or herself, themselves, in, uh, in, in these rules or in the interpretation of these rules. And you also perform on different instruments like um, harpsichords and, and fortepianos and even organ. So how do you combine how do you combine all of it and and also modern piano actually last time I have heard you in Utrecht you were playing a modern piano and Glinka so how do you combine all that I mean I play the keyboards so I play the music that was written in a certain century in a certain period on the instrument that it was written for more or less so I mean if I have to play Ligeti that will that must be a modern piano I, can, yes. I cannot or a harpsichord, obviously. But, yeah, that, that, that's the whole story. Did you find this kind of broader specialization for yourself earlier? Or just now you're getting used to playing everything? Or was it always like that? How do you deal with this uh, multifunctional uh, talent? Well, I was very lucky. I could 
study all the instruments very early, well, quite early. I could begin with a harpsichord when I was 13 and with forte piano and organ when I was 18. So, I mean, years of experience, they actually do count because then at some point you just notice after five, I don't know, seven, ten years that you just feel at home on all of them. It's still a challenge to swap like to switch from one to the other very fast and for example if you have to prepare three four different programs on different instruments it's it's hard it is hard to practice all of them in one day for example not because of time but also because of the feeling somehow because it takes um, like even in the concert when I play let's say three different instruments like harpsichord, forte piano and piano takes a tiny little bit to really start trusting the instrument so I mean if you're conscious about it then it can take maybe 30 seconds or five minutes but for example in the recording when you switch the instruments it's really it can take you half a day even sometimes to really find the the juice of the sound to all the little details that you can take out of this particular instrument. And uh, what was difficult for you today? Maybe you had some issues with this instrument because you arrived yesterday and you haven't seen this instrument before. So how did you get used to it? And how was this? How did the friendship start? Uh, well, it's a very good question because this instrument was very, very special. Um, it's a very, it's a graph which is an original instrument, which is already a case. But this particular one, it, it is in private collection and it is the state of it, it's very original. So we have original leathers on the hammer. This is something that you almost never encounter actually. And then of course you are very grateful that this instrument does not stand in the museum and does nothing, but you're actually allowed to play in it. But of course, playing, for example, Hammer Clavier Sonata on such an instrument is a big challenge because you absolutely do not want to break any hammers that are original. And the piece is composed in a way that, I mean, we know about Beethoven that when he played, the strings broke and the hammers broke and, you know, and with the temperament that he had. So you want to put it into the piece, but you must be careful because you cannot um, over forces um, at the same time I mean it's a fantastic piano it's really whoever for is out there please uh, if you ever have a chance play it because it's it's really very alive it's very very speaking all the registers have their own color and sound and they speak in, with different voices really and uh, it's it's a blessing also, I noticed, as you said earlier, the Hammer Clavier Sonata, it was written in a different way, in a very intense language. Of course, Beethoven is always intense, but this uh, latest C minor sonata, it had a completely different color also with the instrument. For me, it was very interesting to see how the, the instrument changed its attitude during the concert. It was, uh, it was a miracle to watch, actually. It was very cool. But also another question, why did you decide to play um, the um, Sonata Quasi Una Fantasia, an encore piece? Well, in fact, it's very, very difficult um, after Opus 111, the last Beethoven Sonata, which ends in this 
incredible arietta was endless arietta it was incredible also with the jazzy moments of yours it's like beethoven's uh, he's just talking to himself such a special piece and it's very very hard to play anything after that so I thought I I felt I would want that the public would want to have an encore and I thought I can absolutely not play a funny fast virtuoso piece after this so I thought let's, let's go a bit more into the abyss because you know like Liszt said about the Moonline Sonata that it's um, because this there is this first movement which is very very dark and almost without air and then there is a very turbulent finale and then there is the little uh, second movement very cheerful and Liszt said that it's like a flower between the two abysses so I decided to to go for an abyss it was a spectacular contrast with this Arietta and then the Encore piece. I started crying. I couldn't help myself. It was I was in tears and I was thinking about the words that uh, Lev Tolstoy described in his letters or his diary that he said literally that I don't like music, not because it's not beautiful or something, but because you are not in control of your thoughts anymore while listening to a musical piece. So some darker thoughts, like I, I was feeling the darkest sea of my thoughts kind of descended onto my brain. It was a very touching experience, and, but very dark. I totally agree with Liszt. It was a very dark experience. 
and how it is for you. How does your brain navigate in that process? When you go into the abyss and when it's so dark, I mean, or... No, just in general, maybe, uh, when, when you're in such different moods. And um, how does your brain uh, work through the process of while you're on stage? It's a very neuroscientological question, I would say. Yes. <laughs> I honestly wouldn't know because, I mean, I think you know is. A musician too that many different that's thoughts, why I'm asking many different thoughts pour through your consciousness while you're playing of course and um, well I guess in the best case you get taken by the music yourself and then you actually tell the story so th th this is something that I would like to have I mean one day is different from the other of course but the, like the, the the big goal is to um, to overcome let's say nerves or whatever alien thoughts with the excitement of the music with the uh, excitement is a very one-dimensional word of course because there are many more emotions to this but to be taken really by the story that you're telling so that it actually is bigger than anything else thank you very much Olga enjoy your dinner thanks for the interview it was a great concert thank you thank you enjoy your concert tomorrow thanks